0: Now, the next day, John, again, was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here's the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. All right. You know what I find really frustrating? I didn't get to celebrate Festivus, so now it's time for my airing of grievances. Here's what I find frustrating. Trying to show someone else pictures from a vacation or a trip Maybe this has happened to you. You have this amazing experience, right? And you take all these pictures and then you try to share them to recreate the awe and the wonder and the excitement. And it's impossible. You can't. I I remember we put together this beautiful online photo album of our honeymoon to show my mom. And after like 10 photos she looked like she was in a hostage situation. (laughs) All her body language was just screaming, how much longer do I have to sit through this? And I don't blame her. When someone shows me pictures of their kid or their trip, and they take the time to explain where they were and what was happening and the joke that so-and-so made and what such-and-such happened, it's fun for a few pictures And that is it. (laughs) Any more than that, and I'm already planning an exit strategy. We even have a phrase for what I'm talking about, right? When we're telling a story and we expect a certain reaction from people and we don't get it, what do we say? We say, I guess you just had to be there. Because some things are really hard to share with someone else. Like, really share. Like what it felt like the first time I held my children. Or the way the sunset looked over the waters at Key West. Or the beauty and fulfillment of working with Native people in remote parts of Panama. Or how awesome it was when I drove our rental car through an actual river in Costa Rica. Do not ask Annie about that story. Sometimes you just had to be there, right? Some things you have to experience for yourself. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples in our reading this morning, and it's the same invitation he's offering to us. This reading takes place just after Jesus was baptized. John the Baptist, he sees Jesus and he tells his own disciples that Jesus is the guy he's been talking about. He's the one everybody's been waiting for, the Lamb of God, who comes to take away the sin of the world, the Son of God. So a few of them start to follow Jesus. They just start walking behind him, following him around like you do. And we don't know how long it took, but eventually, Jesus did what any of us would do. He turned around and he asked these guys, why are they following him? And instead of answering, they ask Jesus where he's staying. But they're really asking more than that. See, by, by asking where he's staying, they're asking who he's aligned with, what movement he's part of, what he's about what he stands for. They're asking where he's headed, not just now, but in the long term. They're asking if they decide to keep following him, what will that look like? Where will they end up staying? Where will it lead? What lies in store if they keep following? It's a big question. Instead of answering, Jesus just says to them, come And see. I I imagine him smiling and cocking his head a little bit and shrugging his shoulders. You want to know this stuff? Come and see. They're simple words, but they're powerful too. Jesus is telling us that when it comes to faith, you have to be there. Following Jesus is something you can only experience for yourself. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not something we can understand from the outside or or learn from a textbook or figure out secondhand. Faith is something we have to experience for ourselves. And it happens when we encounter Jesus and follow him. When we talk about being part of this Jesus thing, that's the word we use. Followers. We are people who follow Jesus, like those disciples long ago. There's this collection of teachings and thoughts by Jewish rabbis, this ancient collection called the Mishnah. And in the Mishnah, there's this phrase. It says, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. See, in Jesus' time, religious leaders would gather followers who would literally walk behind them, listening and learning as they taught. They were encouraged to follow their rabbi wherever he went to walk in his footsteps, to go where he goes, do what he does, live how he lives. And the idea was that if you were following closely enough, you would get covered in the dust that your rabbi kicked up As he walked in front of you, since you were walking where he walked, doing what he was doing, living the same kind of life, following him each day, you would get covered in his dust. The word follow is used almost a hundred times in the four Gospels. And that is what we do. We follow Jesus. We walk in the kinds of places where he walked, interact with people as he interacted with them. We do the things he did, live in the ways he lived. We follow the examples and the teachings that he gave us, and we are open and attentive to God's spirit as Jesus continues to lead and guide us today. I think this invitation to come and see is powerful because it's timeless. We're invited to experience faith for ourselves, to know Jesus for ourselves, to follow him. Us, you, me, we're invited today, just like those first disciples, invited to get covered in the dust of our rabbi. And if we respond to that invitation by saying yes, there is no way of knowing what we will see and experience. Those first disciples didn't. And they witnessed some amazing things. They were there to see the healings. There to say, see people break free of the things that held them down so they could experience new life. They were there to see the way God's love transformed people, there to watch as those who felt unworthy experienced acceptance, as those who were deemed unclean were welcomed home, as the barriers that divided people were demolished and taken down. They were there to see that the cross didn't get the final word, that death didn't get the final word, that Jesus was risen, proclaiming victory over sin and injustice once and for all. And yet following Jesus came with a cost too. Within a few years, almost every single one of the original 12 disciples would be killed. For following Jesus. Philip, who enters the story one verse after our reading this morning, he was killed because he couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. He just refused. His friend Nathaniel, who he invited to come and see, he was killed too. Andrew and Peter, the two disciples who are mentioned by name in today's reading, they were crucified. For following Jesus and sometimes I wonder if the disciples had known where it would lead them if they had known where Jesus was really headed if they had known what was waiting ahead if they had gotten a straight answer from Jesus would they still have followed him and the answer is yes when they had a chance to leave later Peter said the words that we sang this morning. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. When they thought about abandoning him, it was Thomas, not that doubting Thomas you've heard about, but faithful Thomas, who said, no, let's go with him, no matter the cost. There was something about following Jesus that even though it came with a price was was irresistible. And worth it. When Jesus invites, people can't help but follow. They found the cost of following was just a fraction of the reward. And while following Jesus was sometimes hard, not following him, that was unthinkable. Yeah, they experienced conflict and suffering, but history tells us that they greeted those things with songs on their lips and faith in their hearts and peace in their souls because they had encountered and experienced the goodness of God. Come and see. Tomorrow is the day that we remember and commemorate Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. In his life, his work, it reminds us that the call to follow Jesus is not always easy. That responding to the invitation to come and see will lead to places that we cannot foretell. Dr. King faced violence and the near constant threat of death Mostly from people who claimed to be followers of Jesus themselves, because of his commitment to the dignity of all people, his commitment to following Jesus, and eventually, he was killed for it. He followed Jesus so closely that he was covered in the dust of his rabbi, opposed and hated just as Jesus was. In fact, in 1961, He was scheduled to speak at the Luther League convention of the American Lutheran Church, our predecessor church. But the bishops of our church tried to withdraw his invitation because they were afraid of what he might say as he spoke the truth. Following Jesus came with a cost. And yet, Dr. King also witnessed amazing things. He witnessed new life as he watched the structures of segregation begin to fall, as he watched the Holy Spirit challenge and change the hearts and minds of those held captive to racism and white supremacy, as he watched justice roll down like waters. That work continues today. Come and see, Jesus says. Come and see. God does not control. God invites with gentle, open words of welcome, come and see. These are words that we should use all the time. If faith is something you need to experience for yourself, if following Jesus isn't a spectator sport, then the simplest way to get people in the game is to offer that simple invitation come and see. We don't need to try to convince people or argue with them or or quote every chapter and verse. We can just invite people to encounter Jesus and trust that when they do, it will transform them. Just as encountering Jesus transformed and is still transforming us, we can trust that Jesus will bid them to come and follow and they will hear the same irresistible invitation that we have heard. So as we begin this new year, and I think that's probably the last week I can get away with saying that, as we begin this new year, may you hear it, that invitation to come and see and follow. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi And may you share the invitation for others too as well. I don't know where following Jesus is going to lead us this year. So let's come and see together. Amen.